0: yet again and uh we hope to talk about why and how to choose a common mission within your community uh, a big issue that that we see many people facing but first jared how are you doing uh what's life like have you joined any new screamo bands since we <laughs> talked last
1: um brad i actually i mean well first off thanks for asking i, I haven't uh yeah doing well here in in parable um <laughs> For those of you that are listening and, and and wondering what Brad's talking about, I was in a screamo band fourteen years ago, and Brad thinks that's that's humorous.
0: Well, I do. Yeah, I mean, I've heard some of it. Um, do you guys have like a MySpace that people can go and? and <laughs> Dude, listen we ac- to? yeah, yeah, we actually. <laughs> it's do. still
1: active, right? It's still active. Um, yeah. it's, it, it. I think it gets about four or five plays a day, so it's done real well. Um, we. The, the name nice. of the band is the Williford Project.
0: Oh, wow. You know, that's how you know you were very artistic 14 years ago because you had Project (laughs) in the name. I love that. That's uh, not really... Well, if we just want to be, you know, full disclosure here, I mean, I was in a ska band called Selah
1: from the Book of Psalms.
0: Yeah, Amen. Amen. Uh, And then a band called Whiskey and Bread because... Look my out. little brother's name is grant and pe- and so people in portugal call them whiskey because there's a, a really? scottish whiskey uh not a scotch excellent. it's like a blend and then they called me bread because that's how they said my name Dude, that's and, uh, amazing you and i should get together sometime do a live show we could call it the pastor project or something
1: and i like that i think we should rename this podcast whiskey and bread <laughs> Yeah. Hey, if you're listening and you uh, were one time in a ska or screamo band, send us a demo. We'd love to, love to hear it.
0: Ska bands are missional. That's what I thought, at least, as a 16-year-old, which is a good point. You know, bands actually demonstrate what it means to have a common mission pretty well. So there's my transition That's statement. That's good, man. But... They, it is true, a band, you have all these different parts, competing emotions, desires, and they come together for a common cause. You know, the common, all for the love of music, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, that's what I would I would love to talk today about. Not the, the bands, but how do communities, how do leaders choose the right mission uh, for their communities? And this comes up all the time, every part of the world. Uh, Small towns, big cities all over the place. They're all uh, and often struggle with this. Um, so for you, Jared, what have you found works best, you know, in, in getting into the right mission? Where do you start?
1: Yeah, well, um, we should always start with why, right? So yeah. I read a book that said start with why. And so um, I think it is important to to start with with why we should choose a common mission. And Mm -hmm. so just a few things I would would throw out there that I think is important to keep in front of our our folks because you are going to ask, you know, if you just show up and you say, hey, we're going to have a common mission, most people are going to say why. And so here's just a few things that I would share with them. Is One, when you read in the scripture, it's pretty clear that you as an individual are not a perfect representation of Christ, but the closest uh, best uh, picture we have of Christ, right? The most exact representation that we're going to find on this earth is the church, right? The body of Christ. And so we need more than just a bunch of people individually going out on their mission, coming together on Sunday, and then just going back out individually on their mission. If we're going to show the best picture of Jesus that we possibly can, it, it takes the body of Christ, the different gifts, the different personalities, all coming together for a common mission. Another reason I think it's important that we have a common mission is because Jesus was very clear to his disciples. He says, by this, the world will know you're my disciples, by the love you have for one another. So when Jesus said that, he was assuming that we're actually going to be loving one another as disciples around not yet Christians, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just this this picture again of we need to be together on mission, right? Loving one another around people who are not yet following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that's another reason why I think um, having a, a common proactive mission is important. Another reason I, I think it's important to, to have a common mission is because um, it, it reveals unbelief that we have as disciples. It's really easy to sit, And I'm just saying this in personal experience in a Sunday school class and say things like, oh, yeah, like I love the poor. I have a heart for the poor. Right. Or it's easy mm-hmm. for someone to say, I'm not a racist. Right. Like I love all people and, and whatever else. But yeah. it, it's totally different whenever you actually start calling someone in Paragould, Arkansas, uh, to invite Muslims around their dinner table right? Yeah. To eat a meal. And so you start really finding out like, what do we really believe about the gospel yeah. and, 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 and those sorts of things. So mission really kind of pulls that out and it gives you an opportunity mm-hmm. to speak the gospel to your own heart and the hearts of other people who you're on mission with. And then I think, Honestly, like it's just practically, it's, it's smart to do that. So there's power in numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if if you go back to the scene and I think about Saving Private Ryan, I love a good war movie, right? I think about whenever um, the American troops are storming the beaches of Normandy. I mean, imagine that scene for those of you who have, you know, you've read about uh, Normandy or you've seen that opening scene of Saving Private Ryan. I mean, how foolish would it be for someone to say, you know what, I'm going to go into this enemy territory mm-hmm. All by myself. Like you guys go together, yeah. but I'm going to do this all alone. Right? It's just like, well, that's right. foolish. Like you're going to get mm-hmm. picked off, man. Like if you're going to live on mission, yeah. you need to realize you have a real enemy who's coming against you. Uh, we have a, a ride an enemy. It's like a roaring lion that wants to devour you. And so the reality is, mm-hmm. the more you live on mission, the more you need a band of brothers or sisters or right? people around you to encourage yeah. you, to lift you up, to remind you of what we are. Uh, about. And so I think because of these reasons, you see Jesus, whenever mm-hmm. he decided to um, initiate right his movement, his, you know, to usher his mm-hmm. kingdom into this world, he didn't just call one disciple, he called disciples and he brought them right. together. And he didn't just say, Hey, Peter, I'll hang out with you on Monday. John, you on Tuesday he said, no, we're all going to live together, right? Life on life, life and community yeah. and life on mission. So yeah. that would be the why I would give to a group of people that I'm, uh, I'm trying to lead in a common mission,
0: right? And that's one of the the areas that we have to, you know, become comfortable with is the reality that we're not very good at making disciples. You know, I think like your image of the person storming the beach of Normandy, uh, you know, by themselves. You can also imagine someone who, you know, storming the beach that has never been trained, never seen it mm-hmm. done before. Uh, doesn't have the right equipment, the right tools. Also, like okay. that's usually how we send people to go and make disciples. Or maybe we give them like a, hey, here's a script, you know, read these lines, see how they respond. But that's, you know, just still not enough. And the reality is, is that a common and proactive mission within community equips us to actually have those amazing conversations or engagement with our coworker that only we have, mm-hmm. or that family member that lives out of state or our spouse if that's you if your if your spouse is not a believer or or any of those other things. And so it's it's not that, you know, reactive or or seemingly individual mission is bad, but it's actually the common proactive mission that teaches us how and it shows us and gives us a way of welcoming in that neighbor, coworker that the community doesn't know somehow into the fold of the family of God. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's not just a a very difficult strategy that someone came up with to make us all feel bad. Uh, common mission is is really ultimately what separates a small group from a missional community. If there mm-hmm. if there's some sort of like difference there, it's well a small group with a. a common mission, uh, a specific group of people that the, that the community is trying to love in word and deed together and make disciples of, that's what makes us a missional community, is that we have one of those. Um, but often we overthink it, you know, um, we get too narrow of a missional focus, like, well, we're only going to try to reach Bob, Larry and Susan, those three people. So the 20 of us, like, that's all we can do is try to you know do the mission with those three people and it becomes too narrow because like you know uh bob bill and susan like have a lot going on in their own lives and don't have a capacity to you know spend you know 20 hours with a community or sometimes it's way too broad you know like well, I'm here in Los Angeles of 14 million people, and my mission, our common mission, is to reach those 14 million people. Mm. It's so broad, you don't like know where to start. Um, there's no, like, it's like, so just anybody, we just are around the town together, um, and it's hard to like actually gain traction. Um, a lot of times, too, we launch into a a common mission and then it seems just too rigid and too forced like we've strangled people into it we've you know we've stiffed on them we've you know tortured them through awkward conversations and then uh the plan is so doesn't have leeway for um random you know movements of the spirit in some other direction Uh, or lastly i think what i often see is people think that it's impossible so they don't launch one So uh, many communities might write something on a piece of paper and say, yeah, we have the common mission of single moms in our neighborhood, but that seems impossible. So everyone kind of knows we're not going to do that. And so those are all the obstacles. So now it's up to you, Jared, to talk us down from the cliff. Uh, (laughs) how, How have you guys helped leaders? find that shared mission that's not too narrow that's not too broad uh, that's not rigid too rigid but is also like clear and tangible that fits within uh you know a normal ordinary life and is walking in the spirit how do you help people discover their common mission
1: Sure. Well, from personal experience, um, we've just kind of come up with a formula that works for us here, you know, in Arkansas, we're pretty simple minded, or at least I am. And so I needed a simple formula to kind of pass on to our folks. And so what we say is this, is that when it comes to trying to choose a mission, we need Mm -hmm. to remember the formula that passion plus problem plus providence equals a common mission. Passion, Mm -hmm plus problem, plus providence equals a common mission. So, just let me explain those quickly. Yeah. First, under passion, when it comes time to prepping a MC leader, I think we put a lot of time into the head and the hands, right? So, we get them all mm-hmm. the information, watch all the Jeff, Ander, you know, the, the videos, get all the resources on Saturate, and that's fantastic. Totally, right? Listen to podcasts, right? You should do that. I mean, it's what you're doing right now, right? And so, head at hands right we try to give them opportunities to to learn how to lead discussions and lead mission and and whatever else we work on that but we we cut out the heart of the leader right mm-hmm. whenever we forget to talk about like what are you actually passionate about like like does your heart break for what do you personally want to see god do um in you and through you in this city And through what people group or geographical location specifically, like are you burdened for? So I think you have to start there. Um, If you try to throw your passion on somebody else or they try to take someone else's, you know, whatever uh, passion for this group or that group, and and they just try to lead out of that, I think they're going to get burnt out or it's going to feel forced. It's going to feel rigid. It's not going to make it very far. So Mm -hmm. we start with passion. I think from there, when you look at the passion, you're going to say, okay, um, does this passion help lead you to to answering a problem or help being a solution to a problem? And so we're looking at right. the city and saying, okay, you know, what are you passionate about? And then the next question is, is do you see a problem here that your passion can lead you to to help them to bring a solution to it or bring good news of the gospel to and mm. so um yeah where is their problem why is that a problem and why do you think as you lead out of your passion that your mc your mc should go and actually do something about um yeah taking the good news of the gospel uh, to that yeah. certain area and that certain need and then the last thing that we're looking at is uh, after passion and problem is providence and so what we're asking here is this, is, hey, can you see how God is already opening doors or placing um, in your life a person of peace or someone who can help kind of get some traction for you in this mission, to provide an Mm -hmm. opportunity for you to take this passion or this idea that's Mm -hmm. maybe burning inside of you and actually begin to execute this for the good of others Mm -hmm. and the glory of God. So, and that's the formula, passion plus problem, plus providence.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so helpful, because you can immediately see how, if you miss one of those, you're, you're kind of cutting off something that God's given you, you know, um, I think that mm-hmm. if, if you neglect your own passion, then it will feel forced, right? Um, if you neglect that you know god's called called us to demonstrate the gospel to to show how the gospel solves problems uh then we're going to feel like it's um honestly probably too broad or uh too you know did, you know removed from real life or if we like remove you know if we miss out on god's providence we're going to miss a lot of the baby steps or or gifts that god's given us whether yeah. you know i i come across groups all the time that are like yeah, we're really struggling to be on common mission, you know, to this neighborhood, you know, three miles away. It's like, oh, tell me more about your community. It's like, well, there's six of us. We all live in the same house. And you're like, well, hmm. well, God gifted you six Christians in one house. Like, why Absolutely. is it? Why isn't your street part of the mission? Yeah. You know, like, why? Why is that? Why are you going so far away? Like, like, lean into what you can. You know, clearly see God has has done and what God's already given you. Absolutely. So, I yeah, I think that's awesome. Absolutely. Um, so, how did have you guys actually like kind of work this out? Like, so give us maybe like an example of of a group or, or a leader choosing a common mission using this
1: formula. Yeah. So the the last missional community that's been multiplied out at Fellowship, uh, a guy named Darius and his wife Ywana lead it, and the way they came up with their common mission is you know started with passion, and their passion was Arkansas State athletes. And so the reason they were uh, passionate about uh, making disciples of the athletes at Arkansas State University is because they were both athletes at Arkansas State University. And so Darius played football there. Yuana uh, yeah. uh, played uh, tennis there. And so that was just their passion. And so Mm -hmm. the next question was, okay, well, um, is there a certain problem that you guys feel like that, that the gospel can bring good news to bear on among athletes? Mm -hmm. And that became pretty obvious. I mean, early on they'd say, yeah, I mean, these, a lot of the athletes, especially in the football world, which is where Darius is, um, they don't have fathers in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so what you have is these boys who now are becoming men in the most important years of their life. Um, when they really need guidance, they really need someone to help kind of, you know, see them through and point them towards life that's going to be found in Christ. Right. And, 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 you know, Christ is only going to sustain them through the rest of their years. A lot of these guys don't have that. And so um, Darius and Yuana thought, you know, like what would be awesome is if we can actually begin to build a relationship with these kind of guys, bring them into our home, uh, feed mm-hmm. them, and then just actually help them to see how their story finds its place in the story of God. Yeah. And so it was like, man, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Darius and Yuana. that's great. And so the next question is, okay, can you see, Right? Where, where God's providence is in this, to where he has orchestrated you know, relationships or has opened doors to where this actually can go from being a dream to a reality. And of course they are like, yeah, there's like, I played football at Arkansas state when I was there, I built a great relationship with the coaches. In fact, they've told me I can come around anytime I want. They've even offered me a yeah. spot already as a chaplain on the, on the football team. It's like, okay, like, yeah, I think yeah. Like, there's an open door there. And so sure enough, um, they, you know, launched their MC and, and now they're having, you know, 10 to 12, you know, D one college football players in their home and they're feeding them every Monday night and going through the story of God with them. So wow. that's, one example, one more example I can give you is just my own personal missional community. And so um, I, I have just, God's given me the gift of hospitality. And so I have a, a real heart. My heart goes out to people who are not included in community. I want to see people who are not in community brought into community and mm-hmm. um, experience the love of the father there. And so parable is now growing in an international population. We have several refugees and people from different um, uh, countries that are being displaced here for different reasons in our city and it's a predominantly white city. So, uh, you know, it's like 99% white. And so you Mm. you could imagine how if you moved here from Cambodia or wherever, right? It's like, you're going to feel a little bit out of place. And so we wanted to start a missional community that would, would help take uh, people from going from like foreigners to friends, to family. And so that was right, my passion, right? That's the problem that we see also in our city is this is not happening. There's no ministry uh, to these refugees, to these internationals. And so as far as God's providence and all of this, my mom um, just so happens to work at a local school that has uh, right now uh, kids from 18 different countries inside of this wow. specific school my mom works at. And so she got me in contact with uh, the ESL teacher there wow. um danielle and and so she's already working with these students she's actually in the homes of these people and so she's mm-hmm. been able to get us connected with different internationals that our missional community can hang out with each week so passion problem providence wow common mission. yeah that's a <laughs> common <combination. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> that just reminded
0: me so much of dwight true from the office uh, uh, bear beats battle galactica uh but it's good.
1: Oh, it's awesome, man.
0: But this grid, I think, can really lead people into a lot of just fruitful, you know, life and, and experience. You know, I've um, just to add some more stories because I think they just help often. And I, and I think we have time just to help leaders kind of begin to go down that road of creativity and of imagination. Because often there's a common mission in front of our faces. We just don't see it because... We're in it ourselves, you know, so we can't we can't see the mission. But um, you know, just a a few stories from from working with missional communities or from my own, you know, we've seen leaders who all of a sudden uh like spirit of God just breaks their heart for the orphans and the foster kids in our city. Uh that, you know, that happened several years ago in Portland to where this leader Who hadn't thought about it before suddenly began engaging in oh how can we what's the what's the the real like tangible problem that we can actually solve we can't adopt eight hundred children but how can we show the city and the world God's God's glory God's goodness His grace in in light of this crisis in Portland and they began to uh, with others they began to host uh, very simple. Uh, Foster night outs, you know, which they have those all over the country where there's already a structure built in place where you basically give foster parents a night out and you get to hang out with the foster kids and build relationships with the foster parents because you just blessed them unbelievably by giving them a night, uh, a date night or sometimes just a grocery night. Uh, And that was just to kind of also demystify it. That was like something that they did once a month as sort of this pillar of we're going to do this event. That is a foster parent night out, but then see how the spirit grows that, you know, and so that ended up leading to some people in the church fostering some people building relationships uh, within that community uh, with single moms who were whose children were in the foster care class. Uh, They began to see all of these other things kind of fall into place uh, out of God's providence as they were walking, you know, in the spirit towards that Um, Mm -hmm. other. You know, really basic examples uh, would be we had a leader who was in an apartment complex. It was uh, they just all of a sudden as they moved in, it seemed like every person was a person of peace. And so they, you know, every every neighbor came and talked to them. Everyone hung out. They quickly realized, though, that people were living in isolation and loneliness. Uh, there were a bunch of like law students. uh medical students, doctors, just really young kind of professionals living the dream in this apartment complex. And then they quickly decided, like, oh, we should build community. And so they just decided that every, uh, you know, Sunday night they would throw a barbecue, provide all the food, and uh, people in the community made cornhole uh, or beanbag toss, whatever you call it, whatever part of the country you're from. And uh, and would get together every Sunday night, people from the community, people from the apartment complex that uh, quickly led after a summer of that into doing the story of God for uh, all fall. And uh, it led to one of them being a law student coming to faith. And and it was just really um, in the end powerful, but it was also just kind of simple as yeah. these leaders saw, like you said, they had a, that they, they were burdened or passionate about the people that they lived around. They saw the problem of loneliness And they realized that God had provided like a ton of connections already. So it wasn't awkward or hard or forced. And they were provided with people who wanted to join them in that mission. Um, And it it really did uh, flourish and thrive. And so, and in the end, it was like every Sunday night, people kind of knew what to do. And so I I guess that's one encouragement I want to give to people is, the beginning might feel like you're just putting something on the calendar to show up consistently to Mm -hmm. you know kind of like your story about darius like on monday nights we're going to make food for these folks Mm -hmm. and we're going to use the relationships that god's given us to invite them to it you know um it, it can be uh as a first step that simple good yeah so that's it passion problem providence uh also if you have stories i think it's always really encouraging as you're listening. If you have stories of how you're living on Common Mission, uh, please share. Please share with the Saturate team. Our, our contact information is easy to find on on Facebook or on Twitter or even on Instagram. And uh, we'd love to know what you're doing as you engage in Common Mission as a community and, and, the, challenge and the challenges and struggles there. Uh, also, want to point you to a few resources we over the summer, released a common mission cheat sheet that basically has the information we just walked through and some just real basic, this is what you need to do to understand the problem, understand what God's leading you to, and it's just a two-page thing, uh, which is, I think, really nice. Mm-hmm. So you're not waiting through chapters and chapters of content to find out how to do something because it, it shouldn't be that complicated. So look for that on the Saturate website. It's as easy as clicking the little magnifying glass in the top right corner, type in common mission, and you'll you'll get resources there. Uh, and there's also articles, videos about all of this too. But the best way is probably to spend some time praying and asking God what he's leading you to um, or talking to other people in your community. Uh, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, unless you have something cool to throw in, Jared, if you have any cool you know, lines to sing from your
1: screamo band or no, no, I don't. I would just say, make sure that you give us a like so that we will feel better about ourselves.
0: (laughs) Yes, definitely. Yeah. Give us a like and uh, give us feedback too. So thank you all for listening and we'll see you again soon. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.